Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. You need to stock up for the weekend. Big games coming up. You don't be running around, so stock up tonight. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts, freshen out every day, and the pickle bar is indeed second to none. Love the barrels, love the dills. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Gary Dolphin, the play-by-play voice of Iowa football in a moment. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. History this week taking place at Camden Yards. First time in 18 years, someone in the American League has struck out 300 hitters. The call, courtesy of Dave O'Brien and Nesson. To the tall lefty, and here comes the 2-2. He struck him out. 300 strikeouts for Chris Sale. Just the second pitcher in Red Sox history to achieve it. A spectacular performance tonight in Baltimore. A standing ovation from his teammates. Sale does it tonight. He pins it down. 300 strikeouts in a season. The last American League pitcher to do that, 1999, and Pedro Martinez. So a big night for Chris Sale as his big season does continue. That's our play-by-play call of the day, courtesy of Nesson and the call by Dave O'Brien. Guy that's had a lot of great calls in his career and one of the really great play-by-play guys out there and an even better guy. And that is Gary Dolphin, the voice of Iowa football and men's basketball. Dolph, my good friend, it is great to hear you on the other end. Hey, Steve. Good to be on with you. It's been too long since uh, the Nittany Lions and the Hawks have uh, played in Iowa City, so looking forward to hosting you guys this weekend. Yeah, I want to get into something that's non-football first. Uh, the, you and I, of course, both know uh, the great work they do at the Iowa hospitals and the Children's Hospital. That end of the first quarter thing, I mean, that. I mean, the first time they did it had to tug at heartstrings. Yeah, I it, uh, appreciate you bringing that up because it's uh, it's uh, the uh, Children's Family Hospital uh, at Iowa is uh, one of one of the uh, of course University Hospital is one of the top ten teaching hospitals in the world has been for fifty years and they just uh, put the finishing touches in February on a three hundred million dollar fourteen story. Uh, Stead Family Children's Hospital that now stretches up and over uh, uh, Hawkins Drive, which now the top three floors can peek down into Kinnick Stadium on game day. And that was intentional. So credit the architects and the, the blueprint design and all that wonderful stuff. And so they they were wondering uh, how all these sick kids could not only watch the game, but how, how, how we could uh, at least acknowledge them. And so the university came up with uh, uh, the wave, the uh, special children's hospital wave, as we call it, the end of the first period where everybody turns around, uh, at least those with their backs to them in the, on the east stands, and waves to the kids. And they put music to it, and the kids wave back. And now each game week they have, a uh, home game week, they have, 
have these beautiful signs that the kids will drop and uh, you know a lot of sick kids uh, just help their day help them get through a, a, a day a little easier no question that's one of the really special ones i can't wait to at least participate in our part of it on saturday night nate stanley 10 touchdowns one interception what do you like about his game so far I like uh, I like what he brings above the shoulders. You know, he's a quiet kid out of Wisconsin, small town Wisconsin, but a great uh, multiple sport athlete. He's six foot four. He's two hundred thirty five pounds. He's got good feet. He can run, and and he he fits that Iowa offense, which is you know that zone stretch, that run read option. And uh, his accuracy has been terrific on the short and intermediate routes. Now, he's missed some open receivers deep, but when you talk to uh, the, the offensive coaches, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, it's his third start last week, his third career start. He's a, he's a pure sophomore, so he's really learning, uh, and he'll, he'll develop the touch, as they say, for those long routes. The other problem, uh, the other issue there was, as you know, Iowa's passing game has really lacked at the other end. They've had really good quarterbacks and C.J. Beathard and, and others, but uh, haven't really developed a, a receiver group that they could really rely on uh, other than Tavon Smith a couple of years ago. And so they're, they're playing a lot of young kids at that position as well. And, and that's going to take some time. That's where, you know, a kid like Wadley, they can split him out into the slot and bring in a couple other good running backs. And Iowa always has good tight ends, as you know, Steve. So they've been kind of tight end relying, uh, reliable here uh, the first few weeks of the season. But the, the passing game is coming up. But Stanley, I think the big thing he brings to the table is just his mindset. He really studies film. He, he's just a, he's the quarterback you want under center, a guy that just doesn't outthink himself. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, Kirk had a great response when he was asked who was impersonating Barkley in practice and what kind of job is he doing. He said, "Well, if he was doing a great job, he'd be starting." Uh, that's the same. <laughs> that's the same story with 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 Wadley. If Penn State had a guy like that, he'd be playing side by side with Barkley in the in the backfield. What What are the attributes that makes Wadley really special as to what Iowa wants to do in several phases? Yeah, he's he's a juke and and shifty guy. Uh, you want him in open space. Uh, and don't get me wrong, he's he's really produced at, at tailback. He went over two thousand career rushing yards last Saturday against North Texas uh, before he incurred that ankle injury uh, late in the first half. And by the way, he should be good to go as far as I know on Saturday night. But but he's really good in open space. He really makes a lot of defenders miss. He's a rare combination of uh, you know five eleven, one hundred and ninety five pounds, which isn't huge, but it's pretty good size. Uh, and yet he hasn't lost anything in the speed and. and shiftiness uh, area and so what they're trying to do is obviously put him in the backfield but uh, with with his skill set now that he's a senior and he and he gets it now and his ball security issues have been cleaned up they've been putting him in the slot a lot to help those young receivers come along but i I just think uh his uh, as ed podolak likes to say he's got great vision he he sees the field and, and therefore he makes a lot of guys miss all right, so the offensive line. Ike Butker is one of the better tackles in this conference, without question. They've lost him for the year. Kirk has, over the years, been brilliant with offensive line play. So what are some of the adjustments that have they made up front to get their best five out there? The best offensive lineman consistently the last two or three years has been Sean Welsh. He'll be playing on Sunday next year. He's a guard, but they flipped him out to tackle. Now he's 6'3". 
295. He's not overly big, but but he is so strong. He, he reminds me a lot of Marshall Yonda, and I know you folks out in that neck of the woods uh, <laughs> know who Marshall Yonda is. He might be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's tragic to hear about his injury last week with the Ravens, but uh, he, he's built a little bit like uh, Marshall, not quite as big as Marshall, but he's just got that quiet, nasty disposition. So he'll be a right tackle. James Daniels, uh, LaShawn Daniels' younger brother, who, who who's big time, he, he'll be center he's on the he's on the uh, uh, all the all the award watch lists for uh, centers and, and offensive linemen and then it really gets young i mean you've got you've got uh, redshirt freshman uh, a junior who hasn't played and and a true sophomore uh, three uh, two iowa kids uh, ross reynolds and keegan render and then the kid they're really high on maybe the next great left tackle uh, i'm not saying he's robert gallery or brandon sheriff but Alaric Jackson out of Detroit is a redshirt freshman who's really come on strong. And with the injury to Butker, they've just thrown him out there. Boone Myers, who's been a starter for two years, has had a bad shoulder. Now, he'll play some Saturday, but but not, not too many minutes. All right. If you really know the league, you know quietly how good Parker Hesse is at end. So when people watch number 40 on uh, Saturday night, what are they going to see? I'm going to see a real cerebral guy uh, at the end. You know, he's not—he's not overly big. He's 255 pounds, six foot three. Uh, he was a multiple sports star in a small high school in Northeast Iowa. But what he's got is really good football savvy. Uh, he had—he uh, had the big defensive play uh, two years ago against Michigan State down on the goal line that kept that game close in the Big Ten title game. He had an incredible uh, interception against Iowa State two weeks—two weeks ago that saved the day. Uh, on the road in Ames is never easy in this in-state rivalry, and he jumped up and snared the football just as the quarterback let it go. Got knocked down at the five-yard line, and I was able to kick the field goal and get into overtime and win it. That, that, those are the kinds of plays he makes. Uh, he's always uh, the leader or up there among tackles for loss. Uh, he's just always there. He's, he's, he's got low pad leverage, and he really is a good gap player, Steve. He's just a smart football player, and uh, for a junior, it's nice to have him around. And, and he's got good support uh, with the Nelson boys. And Nathan Budget is now a fifth-year senior, and he's healthy. And so they're not—they're not, uh, they're not uh, uh, that that front seven's really good, with given their age and their combined starts. And obviously, the the three linebackers, the seniors, uh, have to play well for Iowa to have a chance against the Nittany Lions. You have watched every snap of those three linebackers, uh, and Jack Ham appreciates great linebacker play more than anyone going, and he has nothing. Nothing but high praise for them. You watch them all the time. What makes that that threesome really good? The fact that they're all three seniors and they've all played together now for four uh, or five years, and, and obviously it helps to have the skill set of a Josie Jewell. Uh, the kid in the middle is uh, is just a phenomenal football player. Loves the game. It really wasn't, uh, and you know Iowa finds a lot of those kids where they're not. They don't have a ton of offers coming out of high school. And then they develop them, uh, whether it's strength and conditioning or, or just good coaching. But Josie Jewell has been a star for uh, three years now. Uh, but the guy I think that gets undersold is, uh, uh, is, is, as I like to say, Hank Aaron, number 44, Ben <laughs> Neiman, on the outside. He's a, a rangy 6'4", 235 pounds. He's a coach's son. His dad is the offensive coordinator, uh, or his uncle is the offensive coordinator at Northern Illinois, and they, they played pretty good last week. <laughs> but uh, Ben Neiman is a Chicago kid, son of a son of a high school coach, and you know how good they are. And I, I know Penn State is uh, 
known as linebacker U, and they, uh, with guys like the Hamster, they invented the position over there. But uh, Iowa's always had good linebackers and good solid players. Uh, maybe not the greatest athletes, but they know where to be when the ball snapped. And, and so, uh, like I said, the, those three linebackers are going to be critical on uh, on uh, Saturday night because the youngsters in the back end are still developing. Yeah, that's that was going to be my uh, my last question to you. We get to the you know through three games. And what are a couple of things that you're that you think Kirk's pretty sure of right now? And what are a couple of things that maybe through three games Kirk doesn't feel like he has an answer yet for? Up front, I think it starts up front. Uh, honestly, in, on the offensive line, where, where of course he cut his teeth under you know, guys like Belichick and Hayden Fry and and Ted Marchabroda and, and learn the sport from Joe or learn the position from Joe Moore. <laughs> He's always looking at that offensive line first, and and with the injuries to. Uh, to Botker and to Boone Myers, you know this. This was the Joe Moore offensive line of the year last year, as you know. And four fifths of that line were returning. Well, now they don't have two of them. Uh, they still have Welsh and they still have James Daniels and the veterans, but the other three guys are really young. So they're very concerned with Penn State's uh, brute physicality, typically on defense uh, with the blitz packages and picking them. Now they did a great job in the second half against North Texas, but in the first half it, it was uh, it was a dumpster fire. I mean, it really was. Uh, uh, Stanley was dumping passes uh, way sooner than he wanted to. So let's let's start there. They've got to be really good in the film room this week and on the practice field. And they'll have another week together, so that should help the cohesiveness. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, McSorley is so elusive, uh, but those backs have to come up and tackle when uh, Saquon breaks through. And, and, and I'm not naive enough to think they're going to hold him down all night. He's going to break a couple. And they've got they're really young in the back end, especially with Brandon Snyder's uh, ACL tear in spring ball. And hopefully he's back before the year's over. But when you lose the two corners like Desmond King and Mabin last year, and then lose uh, your best safety. In the spring, they're playing a lot of young guys now. Now, Ragumba and Ojemudia, Amani uh, Hooker, those youngsters all played as freshmen. And, and and I think of the Michigan game a year ago. Ragumba knocked down at least one touchdown pass and peeled the ball away from their best receiver for a pick. So the kid makes plays, but they're still very very raw and very young. And and you know they'll they'll look at that Penn State tape a lot uh, this week from uh, from last November and hopefully improve. All right, Dolph, appreciate the time very much and look forward to seeing you in your lair on Saturday night. Can't wait for it, Jonesy. Look forward to seeing you and, and Jack and, of course, Podolak, and oh. he will uh, relive those old Steeler Chiefs oh. head knockers again. <laughs> you and I get to get the front row seat to one of the great pregame conversations ever. I mean, we really do. You and I just Indeed. we stay very quiet and listen. And we we learned well. We don't speak when the two when the two monsters, uh, the two kings, are are uh, commiserating and, and comparing notes. Uh, now, seriously, uh, it's always great to have uh, Penn State come to Iowa City. Penn State, I've said it for well twenty five years now. What a great addition to the Big Ten the Nittany Lions have had with that national exposure and, and and all the good things they bring to the table in terms of academics. And so we'll see you on Saturday, bud. Gary Dolphin, the outstanding play-by-play voice of Iowa football and basketball. Ed Podolak and Rob Brooks round out their broadcast. They do a great job on the Iowa Radio Network. Gary is a real pro's pro and an even better guy. So, great to have him on. And I think he gave everyone a pretty good education about Iowa and what to expect from them. You know, Iowa is the kind of team, and Jack Ham talks about this often, 
uh, about, quote, reading your keys. It's a little more difficult sometimes these days with area blocking and so forth. But Iowa's one of those teams that plays more, not completely, but more of a pro-style offense, and reading your keys is very important when it comes to uh, playing a team like Iowa. If you read your keys right, they'll take you to the football. And that's, uh, I think, one of the important factors in what you see with Iowa. If you read it right, they'll take you the ball. They have some really talented players. Don't get me wrong. They do, especially a guy like Wadley. Akram Wadley is an outstanding running back. Great jump in him. He's the one real speed guy that they have on there. I've talked about this before. Quarterback Nate Stanley doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Ten touchdowns, only one interception. He plays very well within himself. Their pass game is not, for the most part, a vertical passing game. They are really have been, to this point through three games, a station-to-station pass game. Now, Noah Fant, the tight end, uh, James Franklin really likes him. He really likes him. He said he reminds him really a lot of Gasicki. So that's a high compliment as to what he thinks of the Iowa tight end. But the wide receivers and the tight ends only average about 4.4 yards after the catch. So for the most part, not always, but for the most part, they can be a station-to-station passing game. Uh, the loss of uh, Ike Butker at right tackles hurt them. They had to shuffle the offensive line a bit. Sean Welsh has always been their best offensive lineman. But as you heard him mention, Boone Myers, a little bit of a shoulder problem, but he's going to probably start and play. But how much he plays in the game is very much up for debate. And then you go defensively. You, know, you look at their linebackers. Bo Bauer, the former walk-on, uh, plays downhill really well, but you can expose him in space. Josie Jewell does almost everything well, except here's his problem. He also, at times, will struggle in space. And you'll notice that Ben Neiman who's a really good all-around and very underrated linebacker on the outside. Ben Neiman, Josie Jewell, and Bo Bauer play a little bit deeper than most linebackers. I think they want to see it, then get to it. And I think if they feel if they play closer, they can't react to it enough. Uh, So that's something at least to keep in mind about how Iowa plays defense. Uh, Josh Jackson's probably their best corner uh, overall. Amani Hooker is going to start the safety. Uh, he's going to get his first start. Might be the liability there. Uh, Nelson, 98 on the edge. Good pass rusher. You need to chip that guy. Parker Hesse, the other side, need to chip in. Their tackles really are rather nondescript. Uh, now, part of it is their tackles try to set up Josie Jewell, so they do do a good job of doing that. Uh, and uh, that's what they look like defensively. Now, in the kicking game, place kicker is very good. The punter gets some height on it, but he doesn't get a lot of distance. Here it is, his second year with the punting job, which means he's going into the 17th game of his punting career at Iowa. His longest punt is 47 yards. So the atmosphere, you know, James Franklin was kidding about it last night on the Penn State Coaches Show about the pink locker room with the pink toilets. Uh, It's more, he says, he looked at me at one point uh, on Wednesday at the quarterback club, and he says, so what color pink do you think it is? Said, well, it's more like a Pepto-Bismol pink. He goes, yeah, okay, yeah, I can go with that. Uh, and, you know, the Hayden Fry always used to say that whenever a coach came out to talk to him about the pink locker room, he says, I knew I had him at that point. Well, as you know, 
I'm not big on the psychobabble mumbo jumbo. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not legit, but for me, it, it just doesn't doesn't work. I could care less. They could paint the broadcast booth pink. I'm like, oh, that's great. Here we go. Where's the field? Uh, so just go out there, play your game. And I think one of the keys of the game tomorrow, the team that ends up playing with the lead is the team that is going to, I think, win the game. If Penn State plays with the lead, it then forces Iowa to throw the ball more. If Iowa plays with the lead, they can then bleed the clock with that running game of theirs and that controlled passing game. Coming up, picks for the weekend. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar is second to none. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, keywords 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Final half hour of the show coming up in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea. The only way it should be is with a new Ford truck from SMC. Four city blocks of new Fords. Over 40,000 new trucks sold. There's only one, one place, place. One place you want to be in September for your new Ford. It's Sunbury Motors Ford. During the annual September new truck sale. Choose from over 100 new Ford trucks with F-150 starting as low as $23,994. Pick from 55 new 2017 Ford Escapes priced from just 19380 SMC has over 275 new Fords with savings up to $13,500. And every new Ford is clearly marked with an orange sale sign, meaning the lowest prices of the year. Plus, there's 0% financing for up to 72 months on many models. SMC is where you want to be for the annual September, September truck sale at Sunbury Motors Ford in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza and at sunburymotors.com. True refreshment can come in many forms, but it can only be found in one place, the Beverage Supermarket, Brewer's Outlet in Sunbury. Along with their great selection of beer, including imports and microbrews, they have lots of water, soda, fresh roasted peanuts, and an unbelievable variety of pickles at the pickle bar. Look for great deals on wine coolers and your favorite snacks, too. Get true refreshment all in one place, the Beverage Supermarket, Brewer's Outlet in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back. Final half hour of the week. Penn State football coming up tomorrow. Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City. The Nittany Lions and Iowa at 7.30. Actually, a 7.42 kick. On at 6 o'clock on News Radio 1070 WKOK on the Penn State Sports Network. High school football tonight on WKOK with Shikolimi playing at Williamsport tonight at 7. 6.30 the airtime with the outstanding crew of Kevin Hur and the coach Dick Hort. What a broadcast they do. And Shikolimi coming off a big win over Sealands Grove. Seals tonight play on Eagle 107. That's at 7 o'clock. Also at 7 o'clock, Milton tonight on WMLP. And at 7.30 tonight, it's going to be Lewisburg playing Southern Columbia on 100.9 The Valley. Uh, Bucknell football tomorrow, Sacred Heart. You'll hear it on Eagle 107. Eagles and Giants Sunday also on Eagle 107. And, of course, on Eagle 107, that would mean Merrill Reese and Mike Quick. 
And for Bucknell, that, of course, would be Doug Birdsong and Kevin Hur, that outstanding broadcast team. Time now for our Sports Bozo of the Day. Sports Bozo of the Day uh, goes to anybody who want to pick at Nebraska, but Sean Eichhorst is out as the athletic director. Uh, a lot of this stems from what he did with Bo Pelini and firing him when he did. Tommy Armstrong and the players said they felt very disrespected by Eichhorst as to how he handled it, and they, he hasn't really handled the um, the uh, Mike Riley situation well. Well, the chancellor didn't hire him to be the AD, and the chancellor got rid of him yesterday. That's our sports bozo of the day. All right. Pick'em time. Sean and I closed a little gap on my brother. Well, Kevo, how about that? Oh, my gosh. I was I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to win one game. Oh, at least I squeaked out two. But you guys did good, three and three. I oh. have no idea what I was doing <laughs> until Sean told me today. I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's all I care about. <laughs> I understand. I was a little busy with a couple other things. Priorities. Uh. <laughs> one, of, one of which is coming up Saturday and one of which people will find out about tomorrow. So, all right. Like what? What is it? I can't say. Why? I, I won't do. know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. Later. Oh. oh, all right. Will you get married? <laughs> <laughs> Already did that. That's that. That was done 38 years ago. <laughs> You're pregnant. <laughs> not gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not either. So. <laughs> so that's well, wow. Now out you a... got me on edge. What's going on? So that's the case. No we'll be sending out a it's news a... alert. <laughs> no, it's no big wow. deal. I'm going to be there next week. So oh, we'll be live in the studio. Yeah, I've got you up in the box. Huh? I said I got you up in the box. Nice. How about Claire? Yes. Awesome. the deal breaker. Claire and Claire, you can no. sit by yourself in the end zone. I, no I took, way. I, so. I, I, took care, I took care of it. <laughs> yeah. She'll be down the purple lot. <laughs> I told her she's going to have to be, you know, brush up on her football and things like that. So She's so fine. Don't worry about it. Just have fun. Just have fun. Pass, she can talk to talk. Have, so. Just have fun. Awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Good. We got to get out of here, and for the same reasons, you can't tell me why <laughs> we got to get out of here. I can't talk about it. So uh, anyway, but okay. yes, you did slip uh, last week, uh, Kev. After uh, clearing the decks, six and zero, oh, uh, two and four last week. Steve and I even up three and three. So overall, after a couple of weeks, Kev, you are twelve and five. Steve and I are nine and eight. So we were able to gain a game. <laughs> So we got six. That makes it fun. So we got six. I was more. shocked by the Cowboys for Zeke well, Elliott. What nine carries, seven yards, or seven carries, nine yards? And they oh gave up gosh. on a play. Yeah. Yeah. No. So they say they actually they say he gave up on two. Well, you wow. can get famous real quick, and you can fall real quick. So I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, he'll be fine. Um, All right. Yeah. So we got three college and three pro, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, Saturday night at 7, you got the uh, SEC matchup between Mississippi State and Georgia. I mean, we're talking about you know Denver beating the doors off of, uh, of Dallas. How about Mississippi State last week over LSU? Who saw that mm-hmm. coming? I didn't. Um, 
37 to 3. They they crushed them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Hard to pick against them. I'm taking Mississippi State. Yep, um, I've got them as well. Yep. Yeah, Georgia they, has uh, not been tested. I, I know they beat Notre Dame, but who's Notre Dame? We really don't know yet. So we'll find out. Well, anybody out. that beats Notre Dame usually enters the top ten, regardless of their record. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with Georgia in that game. They're playing it. I'll, I'll take home field and play the home field card. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you just brought up uh, you just brought up Notre Dame, so we'll go to that one. Yep. One of the great rivalries, and Notre Dame. And I am taking Michigan State. I I love D'Antonio. Notre Dame. I mean, they beat Boston College, but it was a game for three quarters, and Boston College is not exactly a juggernaut. So, I'm going to take Michigan State. I have quarterback for Notre Dame. I'm going to go Fighting Irish. I uh, talked to Glenn Mason, uh, and Glenn was telling me Saturday night, he said, he said boy, he says, Michigan State's a lot better than they were last year. Uh, the quarterback's a big reason why. I'm going to go with Michigan State. Okay, late night on Saturday night, we've got UCLA and Stanford. Stanford's first home game of the year. Well, they both lost their last games. Um, this is a tough one because neither one of them has really played well yet this year, in my opinion. So I'm going to do the home field advantage and take Stanford. That's what I was thinking, too. Which team needs it? Which team needs a, a win more badly is Stanford. I, I'm going to go with the Cardinal, too. Yeah. Uh, there was no text exchange between Tom Bradley and me this week, the UCLA defensive coordinator. Uh, because of what happened in Memphis last week. I just, there wasn't anything I could think of to tell him. Uh, but I'm going to take UCLA anyway because I think the best player in the field is Josh Rosen. Okay. All right, so we'll move to the pros. We got our Sunday games. Uh, this, I think, could probably be the the biggest game uh, for the NFL this week for week three, Atlanta and Detroit. Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons until they lose. Um they look great against Green Bay, and that's a good Green Bay team. Uh, Detroit's playing well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Atlanta bandwagon because I think um, Matt Ryan is driven this year. Last year really got to him, and I expected Atlanta to kind of because of the Super Bowl come out crawling, and they've done just the opposite. So I'll go with Atlanta. Dirty Birds, me too. Rolling with the ATL. Uh, for me, Atlanta is one of the few teams in the NFL that's fun to watch. Yeah. Falcons. Yeah. Okay, next we got Seattle at the Tennessee Titans. Until Seattle can rush, can tell all the rookie rush pretty good last week. Uh, their offense is pitiful. And Tennessee is a more balanced team, and they're playing at home. I love Marcus Mariota. Um, and... Henry is a great, going to be a great running back in the NFL. I'm taking Tennessee. Yeah, shame on me last week for taking taking Jacksonville over Tennessee. Seattle's got yeah, no Seattle's <laughs> got no offensive line whatsoever. No. Titans. Well, I picked Tennessee to win last week, and I'm going to keep rolling with the Titans. Yep, good picks, guys. Okay, Monday, uh, no, Sunday night. Sunday night Sunday game. Night, Sunday yep. night. Sunday night game is going to be uh, Oakland. They're coming cross country to take on Washington. Oakland's playing, to me, is one of the top four teams in the NFL. Now, I said that about the Cowboys <laughs> last week, and that just didn't work out very well. But 
Oakland is balanced. Washington played very well last week, but played very poorly the first week. So which team are we going to see? That being said, I have to take Oakland. Yeah, Washington last week, 39 rushes, 269 yards, but it was against the Rams. So it's right. it's very rare for a West Coast team to win on the East Coast, but, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders too. Well, here's the big difference, though, with that, is that to the Raiders, the start time will be 5.30 on Sunday. The problem when you've got going West to East is when they put them in the 1 o'clock time slot where their body clock says it's 10 a.m., so I think that doesn't factor into this that time, uh, this particular time. Derek Carr is not just good. He is a legitimately great quarterback. And now let's get back to that five or six teams out of 32 that are fun. The Raiders are fun. I'm going to go with Oakland. Oh, especially now with Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, they, they've got, yeah. Yeah, he's doing and that. He's we, playing at his home. That's his home, Oakland. Yeah, he's so. doing that whipping Nate Day with his hair and the sidelines. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that stuff's good for the sport. I don't, I like it. I don't, baseball needs more of it. So. Well, I think, I think a lot of sports do. The other day, I was, and in fact, I mentioned this in the first half hour, Penn State's playing Iowa. Saturday night, and Iowa has a really good running back, Akram Wadley. Well, Wadley against North Texas takes uh, a pass out of the backfield, a wheel route, catches it and goes 68 yards for a touchdown, and he high steps it into the end zone the last 10 yards. The official throws a penalty flag on him from sportsmanlike conduct, takes the penalty off the board. Now, I am obviously completely for sportsmanship. But we also have to remember, this is an entertainment medium that we're on here. And they have to forget there's an entertainment level to them. He didn't embarrass the other team by doing that. Let's legislate joy out of everything. Joy's over with. Nobody can have fun anymore. And in well, fact, this stuff has to, to stop. That, tackle them, you know? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, stop them. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Referees, put your friggin' whistles away. I mean, you're ruining the games. You're just, uh, just it, go, it goes back. And it goes back to what I've player. talked about. That's what goes back to what I've talked about, right? My biggest problem with some officials, not all, but some officials, is I don't think a lot of I, I don't think some of them have a very good feel for the game. And to be really good at something, you've got to have a feel for it. If I'm the other team and that guy is high kicking, and we get a we get rewarded for the fact that he got away that far that he could even do that, I'm looking in my huddle and saying, guys, we suck. You know, yeah. we shouldn't have got this penalty. They should have scored a touchdown. We were given a gift because we couldn't stop the guy. Imagine if Deion Sanders was still playing. I mean, he'd high step from thirty <laughs> yards out. Yeah. <laughs> And let you know it too. <laughs> He'd have exactly. got fifty penalties a game. You know exactly. The game but is this, fun. You know. It, it, he, look, people are trying to make entertainment choices, and entertainment comes in all forms. It could be a concert. It could be going to a a local fair. It could be watching sports. <laughs> or Big Brother. You want to watch Big Brother? So, yeah. you know, but it comes in all forms. You have to carve out what your entertainment niche happens to be, and if you keep legislating the fun out of it, you're legislating some of the entertainment out of it too. You you've hit the nail right on the head. 
can't say it any better than that. It, it's just they, the NFL has to figure out what's going on, uh, and maybe they have by letting the celebrations come. I love that. Who was it? Did the was it Atlanta? Where the yeah Freeman scored. And then he, the lineman makes a basketball hoop out of his arms, <laughs> and he shoots the ball through the hoop. That was, that was yes. hilarious. That was, that, that was you good. Know, it was subtle. It was funny. They didn't throw right. it in anyone's face, and we're talking about it four days later. You know, right. that's, that's exactly that's, right. No, it's like when Martavis Bryant scored his first touchdown. You know, after the suspension, you know, with the Steelers uh, on yep. Sunday, he had, you know, he and A. B. and a couple other guys in the end zone. They were pretending on rolling dice. Right. It was fun. It was fun. And, and again, that's that's not offensive. No, no harm done. It, 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 it's no a fa- you know, because the NFL is supposed to be family entertainment. Family can sit there and laugh about it. That's what baseball's missing. And I heard you on the show one day talking about you know it's very seldom that the managers come out and argue anymore. I mean, you can't make up how great it was when Billy Martin would come out and turn his hat around <laughs> and kick dirt on the umpire's shoes. Oh, or Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver. Yeah, or, absolutely, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, that stuff was priceless, and it's all gone. You know, you watch the game hoping it would happen. Hockey's great because of fights. You know, yeah. it's... it's you, it's not great because of fights, but it's just a little added, little like more frosting on the cake. And baseball's taken the frosting off the cake and just turned it into a mechanical game that is really hard to watch for four hours. You know, and they, well, and they it, put rules right. in, and then they don't enforce them. You know, you can't get out of the batter's box. Well, watch a game and watch how many guys get out of the batter's box, and nobody does the right. thing. Uh-oh. Right. Exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, that's and that's where they are right now. I mean, you can't make, you already have caused a chunk of the fans in the stadium to be corporate because of the mm-hmm. pricing to begin with. So the average fan, not as many of them can get into stadiums now. Now you're making the game corporate. Yep. You can't do both because corporate's sterile. entertainment yeah they're not fans of the team they're right. they're to sell an airplane you know right you, right and you can't make the game corporate either all right here we go we're all corporate again look the games are, are entertaining they're of emotion there's there's that emotional pro and con swing on the field the emotion pro and con swing in the stands and on TV as you watch it and the ebb and flow of the emotion is what gets you into what you're watching yep you knew at least in this area and I'm sure people around the country feel it the Yankee Red Sox rivalry was one of the biggest rivalries in all of sports it's gone you know? Yeah, that's right. It's true. It, it, I agree yeah, with that. It, it's gone. It's not. Yeah, they're still rivals because they're competing against each other. But the rivalry we're talking about is fights on the field, and I'm not condoning fighting, but just the character of the game and the the you hate the Red Sox or you hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox, and we, you know, we agree to. Disagree, you know. We, we fight about it. We now it's all like you know, and free agency has a lot to do with it. Sure. But 
the because a player will play for the Red Sox this year and the Yankees next year. So they don't Ellsbury. have a hatred for each other. Right. Um, Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. 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 For example. So, there you go. There you go. So yeah, it's you don't you don't have that that fire in it anymore. No. And I miss it. I miss getting ready for the big Red Sox Yankee game. I miss it. Now it's just like, oh, check the score. Who won? You know, I don't know. Hey, are we doing that photo shoot next week? Yep. Awesome. There's a picture that uh, so people know what we're talking about of when I was seven and you were six outside Beaver Stadium where the rock is now so people know where the rock is Kevin doesn't know where the rock is but the two of us holding a Penn State pennant and so we're going to replicate the photo um, 42 years later that's going to be cool to see 42, 52 or 52 years later I mean 52 years later we're gonna replicate <laughs> I like the 42 part but unfortunately <laughs> yeah. 42, yeah, 52 it's, it's still going to be cool to see yeah we're going to replicate yeah. it 52 years later we're going to do 52 that 52 years later can you imagine yeah, yeah. that's really cool because my mom uh, when they dedicated that broadcast center they had the picture blown up and put it in a frame and I, I guess you finally saw it again when you came here uh, well, for I Megan's wedding I've got a picture yeah. of it here yeah, well, we're going to replicate it uh, again just for fun because I think a, p- a couple of people have asked me about it, including Jack Ham asked me about it. He goes, oh, you, you got to replicate this. I said, yeah, we will. Yeah, that's so. going to be cool. And who's All getting right. it? Where's the picture go? Well, we'll just for, we'll take the picture, and then we'll have it made up for each of us. Awesome. Yeah, and then Sean, Sean, Sean can put it online, too, on the uh, website. So. We'll sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be a big day. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck this week. And good luck to you. All right. That wraps it up for this week. Thanks to Gary Dolphin, uh, the play-by-play voice of Iowa football, for being on today's show, and all the guests we had on this week. Be fun next week with the Generations of Greatness game. We're working on getting Lou Prado on the show next week, and also Spider Caldwell to talk about the uniform and generations of greatness so that's what's coming up on next week's shows and we'll be back on monday with the first of five next week today's show brought to you by brewers outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket i am in the sunbury motor studio sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors key routes 11 and 15 in hummels wharf for sean carey i'm steve jones thanks so much enjoy the football this weekend everybody